The Trials of Apollo, The Hidden Oracle, Chapter 17. Bowling balls of death rolling toward my enemies. I'll trade you problems. At least we did not land. Hi, I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. Oh my god. Neve, Ava, how are... <laughs> <laughs> how are we? No, that's about right. Um, I so yeah. Um, I realized today that I, I'm I'm back in my my like house, um, in my like like my I can't talk. The house that I've like always lived in outside of college, you know, um, back like your co- your your parents' house. Yeah. <laughs> Um, back like post grad and everything. Um, and something that happens to me every time I, I finish a, a big, like big life thing, um, or even like smaller life things, like a, like a production is I tend to the adrenaline drops and I get sick. Um, and I think I like, I woke up today. I was like, damn, why am I so fatigued? I just slept for nine hours. And I literally, like, I went to one of my, like, closest friends, like, graduation dinner tonight, and it ended up being three hours long outside, like, on a patio. Um, and I was like, oh, man, my allergies are going to act up. Ha ha. Then I got into the car afterward. I was like, my throat hurts. My head hurts. I'm so tired. And then I was like, wait, maybe I'm just ill. <laughs> so, TBA. Um, but I literally got back at like 11.03, two minutes later, I am back in bed. <laughs> so, I'm very pleased about it. I'm comfy. Um, but altogether, that's that's generally how I am because it's kind of what's dominating my thoughts. I started a new show that my mom's obsessed with. Um, I started Somebody Somewhere, um, which I'm very into, except it kind of makes me sad at the same time. Um, but I recommend. Yeah. How are you, Neve? good uh i am uh i miss you all <laughs> i'm very sad about it uh but i don't have time to process because i'm going on a trip tomorrow i got new nails we were talking in the group chat earlier about me probably getting new nails just to get a task to do and i got them very exciting um press on nails for the, all who don't know that i'm a cheap bitch who wears press ons <laughs> consistently and i um I get to go to an airport tomorrow. I'm actually like psyched as hell. Love like, the airport. Love the love airport. I'm literally so psyched. And all of my family was like, oh, why do you like like airports? They're like liminal spaces and they feel weird. I'm like, that's why they're it's, fun. That's why they're fun. You have everything you need right there. You get to just sit. You're about to go somewhere. That's exciting. I love airports. And I also love planes, which is so funny because I am anxiety ridden in most of my other points of life. But... I think because we're going to Ireland to visit my family. Um, my name is because my dad is originally from Ireland. I don't remember if I've ever mentioned that, um, but he is originally from Ireland. So we are going back to visit all of the family that is still in Ireland. And I have been doing that like every couple years, my entire life. So I guess just like exposure therapy, like when you've been on a plane, when you're like six months old and three years old and like, uh, like a bunch of different times, 
um, as you grow up, I guess it just makes it so they're not that scary. So I'm super excited. I was saying I might re- accidentally read the rest of this book on the plane because it's so good. <laughs> How are you, Brandon? I am chilling. I am almost over my sinus infection. Ooh. I had a sinus infection from the allergies that we were talking about on the but last pod. Cause so many different problems. Mm-hmm. I have gotten like bronchitis, upper respiratory infections, ear infections, all due to pollen. It's been rough. It's been a pretty terrible time. I'm not going to lie to you. But I'm mostly fine. Once in a while, I get like something stuck in my throat and I'm like, eh, eh. but more good than bad. Um, other than that, I watched <clears throat> the Mer People documentary that came out today on Netflix. I was like, interested in what that was. It, it's so you know how people are like professional mermaids, right? Yeah. It's about the mermaid industry. Girl. Okay, it's, now I'm watching that on the plane tomorrow. Down, download it, so, watch on the plane. Yeah. It's a little over four hours long. It's that fantastic. so interesting. It's one of the most interesting documentaries I've watched in a minute. And there's a lot of content. It's... I was obsessed with it. I, like, couldn't walk away from it all day, say. Um, other than that, you know, just the grind, applying to jobs. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Woohoo. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome back to Return to Camp Half-Blood. This week we will be discussing the Trials of Apollo, the Hidden Oracle. That is the title. <laughs> there is the there is the science infection again. Uh, <laughs> chapters 12. Nope, that's a 17. 17 through 20. I saw 17 and 20 and I went 12. chapter 17 through 20 through the theme of revelation so ava summarize surmise (laughs) please okay it shouldn't be too bad i don't know it was very expositiony yeah i'm just bad at summary all right go Okay, so they start and they just fall into the labyrinth right there like that. And um, they're walking and they have to find golden apples and they're like tied together on their legs. And it's like Megan Apollo. And um, they get their golden apples. They run into Python and the Beast. And Python and the Beast are like, ooh, like we're going to tease Apollo and he's going to have to like come to us, whatever. And um, Meg like knows who the Beast is. And we're like, how? He killed killed her dad, apparently. And then um, they go back to camp and... um, the two children of Apollo, one of them is named Julia. I don't remember the other one, went missing. And Apollo's like, oh, no, they're my children. And um, then Rachel Elizabeth Dare shows up. And she's like, what do you mean there are multiple oracles? Um, and then they start talking about the triumvirate. And um, very exciting. And okay. You are out of time. Not bad, I though. Pretty, yeah, I thought that was great. I felt pretty good about that. Um I do have to say, new band name, I call it Python and the Beast. (laughs) (laughs) It is a good one. I also love the little details that, like, panicked brain Ava chooses to include of, like, I think their names are, like, girl, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we didn't even know it. You also didn't even know the names. (laughs) (laughs) Julia and something. She knew the name. Yeah. And then, yeah, the only... 
thing you left out, I guess, is that like the triumvirate has been controlling things behind the scenes this whole time. Yeah, I was going to get there next, but then I didn't have a next. That was crazy. <laughs> crazy reveal. Yeah. yeah. Songs. What um, musical selections have we prepared for okay. the playlist? Okay, so I really love... I think the Triumvirate is fascinating. Um, and when I think of it, I think of Antony Cleopatra and Julius Caesar and where is that? Rome. Where is Rome? Italy. I chose the Bette Midler cover of Mambo Italiano. Girl. Featured in the book club too. Listeners, you cannot even fully understand how many times Ava over the past week of our <laughs> lives has played Mambo Italiano, the Bette Midler cover. <laughs> you actually like, there's no way you can fathom. And it's Walking- not... Not nearly as good or enjoyable as she would like you to believe. I we're have we're walking back from the Starbucks to drop off our stuff before our graduation from college. What is she playing? Mambo Italiana. On the street? On the street. I loved it. I have so much fun listening to that song. I was telling Ava before we started recording, I do like the part where it sounds like she goes... Hey, mambo, mambo, italiano, baby, get your booty naked, take off all your clothes. <laughs> That's your favorite like she's, part of it? Because it sounds like she's about to spit fireball. Yeah, true. Oh my God, so true. I didn't even notice that. Yes, that's the lyric to fireball. I wasn't just come out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I wasn't just crafting. <laughs> Neve, what is your song? Oh, wow. Brayden doesn't have his picked. <laughs> no, I do. Oh, no. I was being um, polite. I picked... Uh, it's kind of stupid. It's fine. I don't know why, but this book feels very folk pop to me. Mm-hmm. It does. And I can't, like, explain that more. I so went I in the same direction. I picked Northern Attitude by Noah Khan, who, who I've also put another song by him on this playlist already, I think. Maybe it's the last book. But he's just so good like at, him. like, expressing, like, oh, there's there's unreleased songs that are going to come out this, like, upcoming week that I just know are going to go crazy. Well, you know, not this upcoming week, because this is recorded in advance. But, like, are going to go crazy with this book. So as soon as they're out, get ready for them on this playlist. But he just has a very good way of, like, writing about despair in a fun way to listen to. And I feel like that's what this book is. <laughs> Somehow. So what was, what was the name of the song again? Northern Attitude. Slay. I also kind of went in a similar direction. Uh, and I picked Politics and Violence by Dominic Fike. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It kind of just had the vibe of the realizations about the that Apollo is having throughout this time and in these chapters. I don't, it felt right to me. This was I more like it. some sometimes it's more of a vibe check mm-hmm. than a literal reason. Yeah. What were our favorite moments? They mentioned Clytemnestra 
<laughs> I was like, she's about to say something. And it made me so happy. <laughs> oh god, I love a classical girl boss so much. And like, we're not going to get into the conversation of like how forgivable are her actions because like that conversation historically is so deeply misogynistic. Um, but I really like how Rick. I don't know. Rick kind of expressed that Apollo had a lot of bias in his thoughts about like these classical figures. I, I don't remember what the specific section was, but he was like, um, he was like, yeah. And it makes me think of like Clytemnestra who like, um, did this as a result of this like crazy traumatic thing happening to her. Mm, wow. So, like, I can't believe she yeah, did he was, he was talking about how like, he was like, historically, demigods have proved to be their own problems right like that like the idea like humans capacity for hurting each other is even bigger than like these great gods and monsters which was a such an interesting commentary mm-hmm. yeah we just get into such crazy topics with like no warning in this book because it is just like apollo's thoughts yeah. So it'll just be like describing something and then like violently shift to that topic and you're like, whoa. But it's all really interesting, not in a bad way, but it is like And it all leads with silly, but yeah. then it's very like, whoa, all right. Yeah, exactly. The transitions never feel like super unnatural, but just like before like you blink and all of a sudden we're talking about like universal principles. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that because Mm -hmm. I feel like we're going to talk a lot about the last chapter in the theme discussion. I, is this a favorite moment? I just can't decide how I like the labyrinth as a plot device and like how it basically has no bounds in what it can do and where it can bring you and like what happens in it. Yeah. Because it's really interesting, but it's just so hard to like understand and conceptualize especially because the person who built it is dead. So you're like, how is it still doing this? And like, will anybody ever truly be able to understand? It's very, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it as like something to use. I'm, I'm interested in it. Wow. You're good. Uh, science infection has hands. Uh, I'm interested <laughs> in it because of what it allows this series to do uh environmentally like we get to have a lot more set pieces because we have this excuse for travel yeah and the the uh trials of the apollo series doesn't have to do the work of establishing rules and boundaries and setting it up because it was already set up for us in a different series yeah and even dove into a little bit in house of hades as well yeah Yeah. so trials of apollo really has no reason to like over explain it they give a brief like yeah it was deadless and blah 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 just in case you decided to jump on here for some reason (laughs) yeah Uh, which i doubt anybody ever did yeah i was like i'm certain there are people who like maybe skipped uh heroes of olympus but certainly no one is reading this book without having read the original percy jackson books yeah yeah 
But I don't know. Maybe that's untrue. Call in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. It's interesting because there's a part of me that's like, what kind of threat does the labyrinth like pose to the everyday life of the people at Camp Half-Blood? And like, is Rick's perspective on it that we just took care of it already? And that's why we can like go back in. But like the fact that there are still awful things in it or like things that pose such an active threat to like the characters in the book and we're not like combating the labyrinth itself. And it's just like being chosen as like the thing to perpetuate that. Yeah. The excuse seems to be that Daedalus is dead. So like, it's fine now. But I was never under the impression that Daedalus is what, like, was, like, making the labyrinth malicious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just think Chiron shouldn't be letting kids in it. I agree. Because then you get Python and the Beast, and you're like, so why aren't we trying to destroy the whole labyrinth? If there is any chance of ending up in Peru... All of a sudden, losing kids halfway across the world should be enough of an excuse. I know. And while they're literally, like, watching their campers disappear, he's like, let's send you into another opportunity for you to very easily disappear. Yeah. So weird. Again, though, I suppose Chiron has to be a bad teacher for these books to work. Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder... Oh, I'll save that for the pr- prediction section. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Then let's take a break, and then we'll come back to talk about the theme of Revelation. All right. Revelation. Where do we want to start? There's a lot that is, like, realized <laughs> in these chapters. I mean, I guess the first is, like, we get a little bit of Meg's backstory. Yeah. Which was kind of underwhelming, frankly. Yeah. Underwhelming in the content and the amount of information. And underwhelming in a way that I think there might be a lie. Yeah. (laughs) You you smell a fiver, do you? Only because (laughs) I'm just still thinking about what was it, her benefactor? But, or, like, they talked about earlier. She was like, I have, like, a guardian, like, a benefactor, oh. like, a guardian, like, a... Yeah. 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 And that makes me a little suspicious. Fair. And she's being quiet, which is also, like, part of that is... It's, like, sad if her dad is dead. But also... So true. I don't know. Something feels... Something feels amiss. Mm. Like something's up here. I just want to know how the fuck she's related to the beast besides her dad being. Yeah. You know, because I know there's, I mean, it is so obvious that there's something else. Yeah. (sighs) Very curious. I mean, there's also the kind of the revelation that 
I don't know, Apollo constantly mm. gets hit with like revelations of his mortality. Um or like revelations that, you know, continue to prompt him to realize it in like a very concrete way. And like specifically when he kind of found out that there was a mole like in Camp Half Blood. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, this place was supposed to be safe. Who the hell could it be? You know, and it just it puts you on guard in a space that you previously kind of assumed was looking out for you, which I think is gonna be interesting to explore further. Very last Olympian core. Yeah. So true. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we can cut to the chase. Um <laughs> so there is <clears throat> one we're chasing after these oracles. We're kind of given the like conceit of the series, I suppose, is that we're like fighting for control over the oracles. So it's control over the future and prophecy. And okay, I see where that's going. And then we have this triumvirate. And we don't know who they are. We just know that the beast is seems to be one of them, and he's just known as the beast. Uh, the amount of self-control it's taken not to Google who is the beast um, <laughs> literally is crazy. I would like to know. Yeah. It's also just such an ominous like title. Yeah. There simplicity makes it scarier. <laughs> like it has no ooky spooky ancient name. Yeah. No, it's just Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast. <laughs> Please. And the yeah. <clears throat> but how do we feel about the they've been cont- puppeting behind the scenes the whole time? Tracks. Like it makes it just makes so much sense. Tracks. Like I really I love the inclusion of like the triumvirate structure because it was just so big like in classical room. Um Also normalize pulling one over on the gods. So true. So true. (laughs) Love to see it. I mean, they're doing bad things, so don't love to see it. But (laughs) so interesting. It's interesting because it it almost like pits the Greek and Roman camps like against each other. Not necessarily in a way that's inherently violent, but like it, it, uh, I don't know. I think when we examine like Greek classics it's very much about the mythology, but when we think about Roman classics, it's very much about the government. Um, and so I think it's really interesting that we're finally getting, like, focus on, like, the history of, like, the Roman Republic and, like, kind of how it was functioning, because, like, that's so much of, like, what that lore is based off of. Yeah, like... like it, what that if, culture is based off of. If If this series of books is based off how antiquity influenced uh, modern Western civilization, then that is like the next logical step is beyond uh, classical Rome, like Imperial Rome. Right. Is is the next like question to look at once we went beyond the age of heroes, we went through a democratic system and then we moved into empire and empire was really 
the conceit of the Western civilization in the end. So like using the language of like the triumvirate and bringing Caesar and uh, Augustus Octavian into this discussion does really shift the focus of the series in a very, I think, logical direction. Yeah. Yeah. And it almost kind of felt like with the introduction of Camp Jupiter in the Heroes of Olympus series that we might have like gotten there, but we just didn't spend any time at that camp because Leo tried to blow it up. Like it almost seemed like we were like going to talk about that. And then like about like their structure and like how they run things in that kind of way. And then they were like, I guess Rick was like, I'm not ready. Leo's going to blow it up. And then we're just going to spend the rest of the books elsewhere, you know? So Mm -hmm. I guess now was like the time that he chose to like tackle that. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually think it really tracks all of the retcons. This is, <laughs> I have to say, one of the <laughs> best done retcons that I've seen. It, it, this, it feels very comic booky, mm-hmm. And like, there was a big bad behind the big bat, like every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I love that kind of stuff. It's very pulpy. Um, it's very soap opera y. Yeah. And I love that. And yeah. ha- and I think the way the reasoning behind it makes complete sense in that like Rick pulls at the strings of these little plot holes. <laughs> so and, true. And uses that to connect them to be like, like, how the fuck do they all have this money? And that question was, I think posed a little more explicitly in the last books, especially Blood of Olympus, because I think Blood of Olympus, I appreciate more now reading this book, because I think it did a great job setting up this book. I just think it did a terrible job wrapping up Heroes of Olympus. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's so it's so fascinating to kind of have like this structure based on like ancient humanity almost as like puppeteering these like omnipotent forces. That's so cool because it like, I don't know. I'm a big supporter of that because like it almost gives the demigods back their like autonomy, like as people, like it almost like gives credit to their like 50% human DNA um, because it like, I don't know. It, it, gives credit to like and I don't mean credit in terms of like morality but like gives credit to like those ancient systems of power in that like yeah they were humans and yeah they were extremely powerful you know it like yeah yeah I don't know it kind of follows like the historical phenomenon that like you can be empowered by like other humans regardless of how quote-unquote like ancient or like disconnected you know yeah like to you just because of your shared humanity like people like roman emperors which is my guess of who they are only because like i've seen a little bit of stuff on social media just about this series and i know i just know that like roman emperors 
come back in some capacity a little bit in these books and like obviously like the last book is called tower of nero so like yeah let's go so like i just like can connect a little bit dots i don't know if that's who the triumvirate is but knowing they're called the triumvirate yeah it feels like that's the direction but like these emperors these people like like nero like even caesar octavian caligula they are very similar to gods historically in the way that people tell stories about about kings and emperors and people of this position the like deification of royalty is like is completely what gives them their power that's the whole thing with like most western monarchies is like one guy in england goes god told me i should be king yeah and and if the church is like god agrees he should be king then he's king (laughs) and then people are like tell stories and he's saintly king arthur is another another person like yes that's like was it was a man some things we tell stories about but becomes this godlike figure has that same we were talking the other week about how the god's power has to do with being remembered and the stories and being like attributed power and like these figures are the same yeah but at the same time the fact that they're not gods gives like the mortals that much more power yeah in the sense of like they are both metaphorically and literally like their ancestors and they're proving and their ancestors are proving themselves to be more powerful than the gods. It just gives so much credit to, to like the mortals and the mortal side and like the humanity. And I just love it so much. Like my, my history student self like is obsessed (laughs) with this development. I love it. And I just enjoy it on the top of it because like they own a company and they're like, mm. it's very like, like more like mafia and like, yeah. it feels, this feels very street level mm-hmm. in like, comic, like comic books are sometimes divided into like spheres of the, of stuff. So you have like cosmic scale things and you have like, in like Marvel, you have like an Avengers scale event. And then you have like street level heroes, like, daredevil and spider-man and like people who are just like fighting the guy who's stealing your purse on the street and like like it feels a lot more down to earth and grounded and to be like there's a villain who's like a businessman is always a little more interesting to me than like it's a god who shoots lasers and can uh punch you through she's the whole earth and for some reason, we're going to defeat her. Like, the whole Earth, I can't. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Kronos is time. Gia is the whole Earth. These are really hard to yeah. wrap your head around. That's why, like, Luke and Octavian are more interesting. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So that's why, like, we have we have Python. But then we also have this triumvirate. And they're on equal footing, it seems, a little more than... Like, we've had, like, Octavian is, like, Gia's crony. And, like, Luke is helping Kronos. Like, but they feel like two forces working together that are a little more, like, 
on the same playing field as the characters we're following. Yeah. Yeah. Any more thoughts about our theme? No, I think I'm good, yeah. All right. Sass, nope, predictions. Oh, okay. I don't think this is going to happen. Well, maybe it will. I don't know. I would like it to happen. What I was about to say, but then saved it for now, was I wonder if this series will have any reckoning of Chiron maybe not being the best. Because we are seeing him from a perspective of a literal god. I mean, not right now, but like someone who perceives himself to be above Chiron in a like literal metaphysical sense. And I feel like could maybe be the only because the students and like the like people he teaches are obviously not going to be like, you're a bad dude, like you're bad at this because they all just like trust him with everything. And I wonder because Apollo needs him at the moment, but doesn't like need him generally like that might be the only one to be like, why are you losing kids? (laughs) Like, why are they in, why did you put them in the labyrinth? I don't know. I feel like it probably won't happen because I don't want, I don't think Rick wants us to think of Chiron in that way, but I'm thinking if anyone's going to do it, it will be Apollo as the protagonist of this book. Real. I hope for that as well. I think I kind of included my, predictions that i think the triumvirate are some sort of roman emperor shtick uh i don't know which ones there was a lot of them probably not diocletian we already talked about him yeah Mm -hmm. i want to see pompey i want to see pompey so bad because he is just so goofy (laughs) hope for goofy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I think he's funny as fuck and like he would be such good comedic relief. And I don't necessarily know how they're going to structure the like the who of the triumvirate. Like I don't know if they're going to be some form of like Roman emperors from past who somehow achieve like partial immortality. Like I don't know how they're yeah. going to And who would have the most power out of all of them? Given- right. Yeah, but like because they have equal power, but there's always one with more power, more. as we've yeah. learned by history. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I also kind of hope we see some like Roman women. They're so fierce. I want to see Portia and Marsha. Let's see them. Marsha was so fierce. <laughs> Let, let's see them. Slay. What are our sass moments? Oh my god, it was so funny. Where is it? I have mine while you look. Sorry. The man stepped closer to the chasm. His voice became clearer and louder. Don't worry about Apollo. He is exactly where I need him to be. He will serve our purpose. And once he is no longer useful, he did not bother finishing the statement. I was afraid it did not end with the we will give him a nice present and send him on his way. (laughs) I just felt so like kindergarten (laughs) we will give him a nice present and send him on his way (laughs) I love it I did find mine Um, 
I scowled at Meg. I'm staying out here tonight in case Kayla and Austin come back. Unless you want to forbid me from doing that too. She only shrugged. Even her shrugs were annoying. I stormed off to the me cabin and grabbed a few supplies. Live, love, me cabin. It is so funny. I lost it. I lose it every time. It's so good. I was very into the labyrinth most definitely had a sense of humor. Instead of allowing us to smash into a rock in the floor and die, the maze dropped us into a mound of wet, full garbage bags. <laughs> if you're keeping score, that was the second time since being mortal that I crash landed in garbage, which was two more times than any god should endure. <laughs> <laughs> I did laugh at that part. It's right. like, it was, you cannot catch a break. <laughs> it was real funny, real tee hee hee. Yeah. All right. Offerings. Rachel. Girlie's going through it. Going yeah. through it. That's so fair. She She's lost tired. her sparkle. Somehow her hair is duller. How the fuck does that even happen? Ooh, poor diva. Um, I... I'm giving mine for the dead satyrs that tried to send that message to Rachel. That is a good point. Oh, on that topic, I'm going to give mine to Juniper. She seems very distressed. And she's just like very sweet. (laughs) More Juniper and Grover together. I know. She and she also always seems distressed whenever he's not there. (laughs) I hope for that in the new, not that we're not going to read it, like, soon but in the new percy jackson like book that's centered around him i hope for more grover in general but also grover and juniper more grover and juniper just being fine and like and like enjoying themselves you know as i said i want that book to be about nothing i want them just going to college it's literally i would want 300 pages of just neutral activities i know i'd read it i'd eat it up let me tell you about fan fiction (laughs) (laughs) so true all right votes off i don't know they talked about octavian there's such clear enemies that they feel like too obvious i'm voting off octavian because they talked about him and i was reminded of how much i hate him (laughs) damn he's getting votes off post-death he did rain is so dirty this man is dead. You know, I the triumvirates are you feeling very accessible to me? Therefore, I don't know. I don't like what the beast is serving. He feels very like predatory and gross. I I will I was thinking about that, so I'll hop on that as well. I don't like what the beast is serving. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like it's real grody. No, it's icky. It's icky. I it's real icky. With that, (laughs) that's all for this week. Join us next week where we'll be discussing chapters 21 through 24. Make sure to follow us on social media. We are at Return to Camp on every platform that matters. And we also have a coffee account and a Redbubble store and a website, (laughs) www.returntocamp.com. Bye. See you next week. Farewell.